And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Honey Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Nancy Kelly stars in a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense from 1945. But it's time now for Movie Jeopardy! Lisa Wolf Trebek will play audio clips from popular movies. I'll try to name the movie while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? That's right, Carl. This edition of Movie Jeopardy is Joe Pesci movies. Joe Pesci. Yes, and I will tell you, it took a a lot of work to keep this radio friendly. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> these clips were very carefully chosen. He doesn't <laughs> say darn too often. No, he doesn't. I mean, some of these are a little more family friendly, but uh, some of them are not. So okay. we're going to start with the first one, 1991. Dave, as you know, President Kennedy was assassinated on Friday. A man named Lee Harvey Oswald was arrested as a suspect and was then murdered yesterday by a man named Jack Ruby. We've heard reports that Oswald spent the summer here in New Orleans, and we've been advised that you knew New Oswald Orleans. pretty well. I never met anybody named Oswald. Anybody told you that has to be crazy. But you are aware he served in your Civil Air Patrol unit when he was a teenager. No. If he did, I don't remember him. Mm-hmm. I do know the movie. Yes, well, it was pretty clear from the clip, but yeah. that's okay. It's JFK. It sure is. Did you see it, Carl? Yes. Yes, that sounds like a film you would like. It was written Oliver and directed by... Stone. Exactly. And in that clip, where the where it's who? That who is, um, that's, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. That was Joe Pesci. Yep. And... Uh-huh. And come on, you know yeah. him. Yeah. Um, if you build it, they will come. <laughs> I know. Kevin Costner. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh, got to uh, take a Previgen. Hang on a second. Okay, you a, need something. All right. Here we go. So it was nominated for eight Academy okay. Awards. Now, and it, okay. And now it I'm won good. two, but mm-hmm. not what you would necessarily expect. Best Cinematography and Best Editing. Okay. So, hmm, you know. All right. All right. I'm but one for one. You're one for one. I, I will say that you will get all of these. Really? Yes, you are a Joe Pesci Mike kind of Mike says a, I will, too. He's shaking his head. Yeah, yes. I'm feeling good about this. Right. Uh, so I'm being kind to you okay. for the moment. So don't right. get used to it. Next, uh, 1990. Still, I never saw Jimmy so happy. He was like a kid. We had money coming in through my Pittsburgh people, and even after a while, the Lufthansa thing began to calm down. The thing that made Jimmy so happy that morning was that this was the day that Tommy was being made. Jimmy was so excited, you'd think he was being made. He must have made four calls to Tommy's house. 
They had a signal all set up so he'd know that the minute that the ceremony was over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't get made that day. No, he didn't. Got pummeled and then buried in a uh, in an Indiana cornfield. Yes. That is good fellas. That is right. And I, I want you to know I tried really hard to find a different clip that I could put in there. Yeah. Like funny how, like funny like a clown. Yeah. That yeah. and no, I could not can't. I could not find even a moment to no. to uh, put on the radio. But that of course, was uh, Ray Liotta talking. That like was that. Ray Liotta and I really couldn't get Joe Pesci in there because mm-hmm. it was just pretty no. rough uh, language. No. But but I knew you'd figure it out and um the Scorsese initially titled this film Wise, Wise Guy, Guys. and it, there's a ton of improv and ad-libbing mm-hmm. throughout, which is probably part of the reason it is so darn great. Yeah. Nominated for six Academy Awards, yep. and uh, Joe Pesci won for Best Supporting I'm not going to miss any now, because I took my private gen, so. All right, now we're good to good, go. Good. 1990. Come and get me before I call the police. Let's get it. Wait, wait. It's just what he wants us to do. <laughs> to go back downstairs through his funhouse so we get all tore up. You gotta call the cops! He's not calling the From a treehouse? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> out the window? Yeah. Not going out the window? Why, are you scared, Marv? Are you afraid? Come on, get out here. Uh, that's a great movie. Uh, and that's Daniel Stern that he's with there. From uh, City Slickers. Remember that movie, sure. uh, City Slickers? Yeah, that's uh, Home Alone. That is exactly right. And this has a lot of physical comedy. So, again, you know, it's hard to, you have to kind of picture it in your mind just like we do uh, for the radio dramas. So, right. that is absolutely right. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, comedy, John Hughes. Okay, next, 1992. When you viewed the defendants viewed. walking from their car into the sack of suds, what <laughs> angle was your youths. point of view? They was kind of walking toward me when they entered the store. And when they left, what angle was your point of view? They was kind of walking away from me. <laughs> so would you say you got a better shot at them going in <laughs> and not so much coming out? You, could say, you could say that. I did say that. Would you say that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, one of the funniest movies ever. I agree. It's not only funny, it's just well-made. It's, it's good. just a good movie. It There's is. even drama in it and everything like that. There's a great story, and it is... That's My Cousin Vinny. That is My Cousin Vinny. That yeah. was Joe Pesci. And Marissa Tomei Marissa won Tomei. an Academy Award for and Best Supporting Actress. Fred Gwynn, that we yeah. were listening there. And yeah. yes, she did. So, Best Lily! Supporting Actress. Lily! Um, what a movie. If you yeah. haven't seen it, make sure to check it out. Mm-hmm. Next, 1980. Come on, hit me. Kind of Taking my shotgun. Come on, Jack. Huh? You're going to be a real jerk. I'm going to punch you <laughs> in the face. Hey, Joey, did I not tell you, you just to do, do it? it? No, I'm telling you, you got to do it. You got to do it. Hey, what hey, am I going to hit you with? Brother, Joey. I'm telling you something. I know what you said. Wrap it around it. your hand. I don't care if you get mad. I ain't doing it. <laughs> he tells him, what am I going to do? He's like, take that napkin right there. Wrap it around your hand. Uh, okay, that's, well, that's my favorite movie of all time. It's like, there's no movie better. I didn't better. know that. There's not a movie made better than this movie. That's Raging Bull. Absolutely. Directed Raging by Martin Bull. Scorsese. I can't tell you anything you don't know about it. Um, 19, so. yeah, it, it, it won uh, it best... Was n- well, it was um, one best actor for Robert De Niro. Yes, and yeah. best editing, which I'm sure mm-hmm. you picked up on. Yeah. So uh, it was nominated for eight Academy Awards. So yeah. what a film. One more to go, Carl. Okay. Here we go. Ooh, 1995. 
I started doing my own things in Vegas nobody ever thought of doing. To keep an eye on things, I brought in my kid brother Dominic and some desperados from back home and started knocking over high rows, casino bosses, bookmakers, anybody right here in town. I had a good crew going for me, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. Sal Fusco, a great second story guy. Jack Hardy, he worked for a safe company before he did a six year bit. And then there was Bernie Blue. This guy can bypass any alarm for me. Well, one of the greatest movies of all time right there. I love all these movies. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Joe Pesci likes to be in movies uh, directed by Martin Scorsese. Yes, it appears that way. And this was. Yes. And it's Casino. It sure is. It was based on the book called Casino Love and Honor in Las Vegas. Of course, there's Robert De Niro again and a little Sharon Stone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, she, she earned was a nomination. For, she was just great in this movie, actress. man. What a James film. Woods is in it. He, you know, uh, Sharon Stone is in this terrific, film. Terrific oh, movie. Don Rickles is in yeah, it. Yeah, Don so, Rickles. Yeah. What a film. You know what? You are a Joe Pesci kind of guy. So yep. this is all about you, Carl. Well, thanks, Lisa. <laughs> sure, is a great segment. Uh, I appreciate it. When we come back, it's suspense. You won't want to miss it. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Suspense, uh, the greatest series of uh, mystery and detective dramas. And uh, you had all the great stars appearing on Suspense. It aired from 1942 all the way to 1962. So, man, it had a great run. Terrific, terrific producers, directors, great orchestra music. Oh, my gosh. 20 years on the air, nearly a 1,000 broadcasts. It made a very successful transition to television. And we have a terrific broadcast for you now from January 11, 1945, called Drive-In. And this stars Nancy Kelly. A car hop is threatened by a homicidal maniac. Let's tune this in. It's sponsored by... Your favorite drink, Lisa. Would that Roma, be Roma wine? Roma wines, oh, yeah. Yes. And I know you always uh, bring a gallon of it uh, with you to the studio. She well, has it right there. You know what? I do have to sit across from you for a long time. Yeah. And it's really the only way I can get through the evening. I'll take a little glass while you, if you don't mind. I'll have one while we're listening. Sure, you could use a little relaxation. <laughs> Chill out a little bit. Yeah. Let's listen to this now. Part one of Suspense. Now, Roma Wines present. Suspense. Tonight, Drive-In, starring Nancy Kelly. Suspense is presented for your enjoyment by Roma Wines. That's R-O-M-A, Roma Wines. Those excellent California wines that can add so much pleasantness to the way you live, to your happiness and entertaining guests. To your enjoyment of everyday meals. Yes, right now a glass full would be very pleasant as Roma Wines bring you Suspense. This is the Man in Black, here for the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California, who tonight from Hollywood bring you a star, Miss Nancy Kelly, in the suspenseful narrative of a Hollywood working girl who, one rainy midnight, found death sitting beside her on the ride home. And so with Drive-In and with the performance of Nancy Kelly, 
We again hope to keep you in suspense. I wish I hadn't let Ruth talk me into serving that last car that came into the drive in that rainy night. It was late. I was tired. I'd been on my feet all day carrying heavy trays, hopping to it when impatient people blared their headlights on and off in my eyes. And heaven knows there are a lot of impatient people in Hollywood. We car hops don't have an easy time of it. Talk about your mail carriers. Well, we're the same. Raining or blowing or boiling hot, we've got to get through with that tray or know the reason why. Tired, hungry people who sit back in their car and expect a million dollars worth of service for a ten-cent tip. Why do we do it? Well, sure, there are other ways of making a living in Hollywood, but not many that hold that glittering promise that maybe someday, somehow, maybe someone will say... Why, that girl looks like Lana Turner. Yeah, at least her hair's done up that way. You know, I think I could use her in that new picture of mine. I think I'll ask her to come out of the studio. Yeah, I know. Well, here we go again. Well, maybe it doesn't happen often, but there's always the chance. And there's always that hope. That's what keeps us going, I guess. But there are other things that can happen in a drive-in. Things that aren't on the menu by any manner of means. Like, like the rainy night I was telling you about when I let Ruth talk me into serving that last car that came in. His order. I've got three other cars and I'm waiting for French fries. Oh, look at the clock, will you? It's near midnight. I'm off duty. Oh, please, Mildred, just this one more, will you? I'll do the same for you sometime. But Ruth, I... Oh, what's the matter with him? Can't he read? Please do not honk your horn. That looks clear enough to me. Well, it's a doctor's car, see? He's probably gonna rush. Anyway, you've got nobody waiting. Oh, all right. Gee, thanks a lot. Well, it was true. No one was waiting for me. Only the bus that would take me to Glendale, where I lived alone in an apartment. So I buttoned up my raincoat and I took a menu over to the car. Good evening. Never mind the menu. Just some black coffee, a pot of it, and a ham sandwich. Please hurry it. When I... When I took his order over to the car, the window was rolled up a little too far, and it interfered with the tray, so I reached in to wind it down. When I touched the handle, it, it felt wet and kind of sticky, too, but I didn't think anything about it, and I got the tray firmly set, and then I looked at my hand. It was as red as, as blood. I looked up quickly at him. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Dr. Morgan. I just had an emergency in the car. Oh, an accident? Yes, Sunset and Vine, quite a crash. I just happened by and I took one of them to the hospital. Oh, gee, that's too bad. Yes, it was very unfortunate. I walked back trying to wipe the blood from my hand with a paper napkin. Oh, it gave me a creepy feeling to have somebody's blood on my hand. Then I went in to wash. I was keeping close track of the time and I was a little worried for fear the big driving clock wasn't right. It sometimes ran slow. So I took a coin from my pocket. I... Figured it was worth a nickel not to miss that last bus to Glendale. I walked over to the payphone and I was just about to drop the nickel in when I looked out and he was leaning on the horn and beckoning to me at the same time. I put the nickel back in my pocket and I hurried out to him. I'm sorry, but I'm in a hurry and I haven't time for this coffee to cool off. I'll take the sandwich with me. How much do I owe you? Uh, uh, 40 cents. 40 cents. 
Here you are. I hope I didn't interrupt your phone call. Wasn't important, was it? No, no, no. I was just checking on the time. I didn't want to miss my bus. There was a clock right over your head. Oh, it's usually wrong. I have the time. It's about four minutes to twelve. Oh. Oh, gee, I am going to miss my bus. What time does it leave? At midnight from Hollywood and La Brea. Well, hop in. I'll take you. I'm going right past there. Oh, gee, would you? I'll take the train. I'll be right back. Okay. I might still make it. In my hurry to unhook the tray from the window, I gave it a jerk. It fell crashing to the ground. Oh, Ruth! Ruth, please help me pick these things up, will you? I'm, I'm going to miss my bus. Oh, all right, Mildred. Okay. We picked the things up quickly, and Ruth went off with the tray. I started to run around the other side of the car when I noticed something shining on the ground. It was one of the shakers that had fallen from the tray. I picked it up and I started running toward the drive-in when he spoke to me. Why don't you just put that in your pocket? You can return it tomorrow. Come on, come on, you're going to miss your bus. Well, I put the shaker into my pocket and I rushed over to the other side of the car and he opened the door for me. I was just about to get in when I hesitated. I wasn't used to doing this sort of thing. The other girls sometimes let the customers drive them home, but I never did. Still, he looked so decent and... Come on, come on, you'll miss it. Then he, he reached out as if to help me in. And I thought then that he was really concerned about my missing the bus for... Well, he seemed to pull me into the car. And the first thing I knew, I was sitting beside him. And the door slammed. And we were driving off. I was a little uneasy, but then I thought, oh, it's only a few blocks and I won't be in the car long. I suppose you're in a hurry because someone's waiting for you. Oh, no, I, I live alone, but I'd hate to walk back to Glendale in this rain. You won't have to walk. Well, this is very nice of you. I appreciate it. Not at all. Would you mind rolling up that window on your side? There's a draft. Oh, oh of course. Um, you, you can let me off at that corner over there. All right. Anywhere along here will be all right. This is, this is fine. Right, right over there by that stop sign. Well, you're going right through that stop signal. Am I? Yes. But I'll get over there by the other one. My bus... You're turning the wrong way. Am I? Yes. This goes up to Laurel Canyon. Does it? You thought you were pretty smart, didn't you? I don't know what you mean. Please let me out of this car. You went right to the phone. You thought I wouldn't see you. The fu but I, I was calling about the time. Honest, I was. The time? With that clock right over your head? Oh, but that clock's wrong sometimes. Besides... Who would I call? Why should I call anyone about you? You were calling the police. Oh, no. Honest, I wasn't. Let me out of this car. You were going to catch a bus. You were going straight to the police. That's where you were going. But why should I go to the police? You know why. No, no, really, I don't. Because you saw it. You saw his blood. I... I... No, no, you don't. Oh, no, don't. There. You won't need to try to open that door again. Now, now we'll be getting along.
tight for suspense, Roma Wines are bringing you as star Miss Nancy Kelly, whom you have heard in the prologue to Drive In by Mel Dinelli and Muriel Roy Bolton. Tonight's tale of suspense. This is Truman Bradley for Roma Wines. Haven't you often realized that many of life's finest enjoyments are simple and moderate rather than the opposite? I give you the words of a high and well-loved authority, Miss Elsa Maxwell, international expert on smart entertaining and gracious living. Good hospitality is always simple, genuine, and moderate. That is why I often suggest enjoyment of delicious Roma Sauterne when you have friends in to dinner or with your everyday meals. Serve this delicate golden sauterne well-chilled with any food in any glasses you have. Special wine glasses are pretty, but not essential to the enjoyment of Roma wine. Now, what can I add to such charming good sense as that? Maybe just this. Roma sauterne and all Roma wines are the best that California's magnificent sun-ripened grapes can provide. In glorious color, fragrance, and flavor protected for you by the ancient wine skill of Roma's famed wineries. That's why Roma wines and Roma quality do not vary, never fall short, but are always enjoyable. Unchanging high quality gives tremendous popularity to Roma wines and makes low cost possible. Only pennies a glass. Remember, more Americans enjoy Roma than any other wines. R-O-M-A. Roma Wines. All right, that is the first portion of Suspense Drive-In starring Nancy Kelly. And he said that um, it's only pennies a glass, so I owe you what? Three or four cents for this glass of Roma wine? Oh, it's on me, Carl. I'm a big spender. Wow. Yes. I thought you were going to say, well, with the the, um, price of inflation, Right. You owe me like 15 bucks. I thought that's what you were going to say. Carl, I got your back. Wow, thanks, Lisa. Well, you know, you... uh, (laughs) You do have uh, money to burn, so there oh, you sure. go. Oh, sure, yeah, don't we all? <laughs> yeah, sure, we all do. The times are great. <laughs> all right, we'll be back in a minute. Stick around. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, The Whistler, and Abbott and Costello, consider joining the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time. As curator, the 10 shows I select will be the best sound quality and the most popular, along with a rare show sprinkled in to add to the fun. I'll also send you historical liner notes, plus photos of the radio stars. Members also receive an email each week with a link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show. The links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 whenever you'd like. The first month membership fee is only $1, with each additional month under $10. And you can cancel at any time with no obligation. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you're supporting this show, so we thank you very much. Join the Classic Radio Club at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. The new newsletter went out, Lisa. Did you get your newsletter, your I Hollywood sure did. 360 newsletter? I sure did. Yeah. 
Um, there was a couple little uh, errors in it, yes, including... I wasn't uh, going to bring it up, but as long as you did. Barry Rickard, our great, one of our great writers, uh, he wrote uh, part one of MASH. And uh, unfortunately, there was an error and it didn't have his name and it said somebody else's name as having written it. Sorry about that. I feel terrible. But anyway, it's a great newsletter. There's all kinds of fun links and things in it. If you don't know what we're talking about, folks, Hollywood 360, the national radio show, has a free newsletter for all of our listeners. There is absolutely no cost. Just go to our website, Hollywood360radio.com. And if you put your email in at the top of the uh, website where it talks about the newsletter, you will instantly receive the new newsletter, which is the October issue. I believe it's uh, issue 18, I believe. And then every month, the first day of the month, you'll get the new newsletter. And also, that newsletter tells you what shows we're airing the whole month long. So a lot of fun stuff in the newsletter. Check it out. Uh, Make sure you subscribe. It's absolutely free. Just uh, log on to Hollywood. 360radio.com, right, Lisa? That's it. It's a uh, yeah. It's very informative, and of course, you know, there's at least a couple of good articles in there. <laughs> yeah, you wrote about ABBA, right? I I did, but interestingly, uh, my article from last month, a portion also of it got is put in there too. Also in there too. So it's kind of double the fun. There. I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up, but uh, uh, so it's all right. You've got last month and this month. Lend me you know, your ears. So. Things move fast, you know, and it's like yep. putting things together, doing the radio show, doing the radio rarities yeah, and excuses, um, classic excuses. radio. Club blah, blah, and, blah. Um, I think I had like four hours sleep in the last yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 22 years. I never get any more sleep. No? Well, you Not don't need all. it. Sleep. Yeah, it's hey, overrated. Who cares? Sleep. I, who I, needs that? I do. <laughs> I do. I need my beauty rest. What sleep? <laughs> anyway, we're listening to a very uh, good episode of Suspense from January 11th, 1945. It's called Drive In, and it stars Nancy Kelly. Uh, the uh, the other guy in this um, broadcast is Wally Mayer. Hope you're enjoying this. Here's the conclusion to Suspense. And now it is with pleasure that we bring back to our soundstage Miss Nancy Kelly in Drive-In, a tale well calculated to keep you in Suspense. After I made that last try to get out and he broke the handle of the door, all the strength seemed to go out of my body. I just sat there as we drove on. We passed a few people and some cars in the next blocks and I thought of calling out and... And then I knew why he'd asked me to roll up the window when I'd first gotten into the car. And then... And then we were at the mouth of the canyon and I could see the road dark and lonely up ahead. The car twisted and swerved. My arm ached from his strong fingers that had dug into it when I tried to jump out. I looked at him from the corner of my eye. He hadn't seemed like a criminal back at the drive-in, and he didn't seem like one now. His jaw was black from needing a shave, and still his face... Well, it wasn't like a criminal's at all. It, it was so tired. Quit staring at me. Look, look, I, I didn't know anything about you. Honest, I didn't. Please let me go. You know something about me now. I won't tell anybody. Whatever it is, I promise you I won't. A woman's promises. (laughs) Remind me to tell you a story about a woman and a promise. Let me out. 
Please let me out right here. It's a long way back to Glendale. Well, that's all the better. It'll take me hours to get back, and, and you'll be miles away by then. I'm not taking any chances with you, kid. Please. Oh, please let me out. I'm gonna get back. <laughs> you said no one was waiting for you. You live alone, don't you? No one will miss you. We both heard the siren then. He looked quickly into the rear vision mirror. Then he took a gun from his pocket, and he turned to me. If that's for us, and we'll stop, remember this. I've used this gun before tonight, and I can use it again if I have to. If I'm taken, you'll go first. But now listen, I'm a doctor, and you're a nurse, and we're headed on an emergency. If you want to live, you won't try to pull anything. Now remember that. Remember it. fast for a wet night, aren't you? Called you all the way up from Hollywood. I'm Dr. Morgan, and this is Nurse Johnson on an emergency call. I see your identification. Well, let's see. He fumbled through his pocket with one hand, holding the gun to my ribs with the other. The motorcycle cop looked over at me. I thought for a moment that I could signal him with my eyes. But then I knew he wasn't looking at my face. He was looking down at my white starched blouse, which he could see under my raincoat. He thought it was a nurse's uniform. Here you are, officer. Okay, Doc. Sorry I stopped you. Well, that's that. Hey! Hey! Hey, wait a minute! <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, what's the matter? I, uh, I just wanted to tell you. The rain started to slide up there a ways. Better take it easy. Thanks. I will. You're not Dr. Morgan, are you? What do you think? Then we came to the landslide. It wasn't a big one, but it made a terrible mess of the road. He didn't slow down, and the car swerved crazily as it slipped from one side of the highway to the other. Suddenly... It fell as though the whole rear end had slipped out. I looked over at him. He was tense. His knuckles turned white as he clutched the wheel. He, he shoved the car into reverse. I hoped it would never, never move. And it didn't. We were stuck. Hopelessly stuck. Oh, of all the luck. Suddenly, suddenly the car was filled with light. A car had come around the curve behind us. This might be my chance. Remember, I still have this gun. Now, don't try anything. Hey, we're stuck here. Could you give us a push? Thank you very much. Well, have some California hospitality. I'll have to get out. I'll have to put something under the wheel. You stay here. There. There were some bushes by the side of the road. If I could reach them, I could perhaps run up the side of the hill and hide. Then in the morning, I could make my way back down the canyon. I slipped under the wheel, and I carefully turned the handle of the door on his side of the car. I could see him in the mirror. He was at the back of the car. I eased the door gently open. I put one foot out. 
I was just sliding out when I heard him. You're not going any place. Come here. Give me that raincoat. Why? I need something dry to stop under this wheel. Oh, but I... You won't be needing it. I hesitated a moment, but he practically ripped it off my back. He wound it into a ball and bending down, he stuffed it under the wheel. The gun. It stuck out of his back pocket. If I could get it, if I could lay my hands on it. I held my breath and I, I reached out. It seemed so far. But I finally touched it. And then, and then I snatched it from his pocket swiftly. <sighs> Give me that gun. I'm going. You can't stop me now. Can't I? No. No, you stay right where you are. I, w I won't hurt you. All I want is to get home. I'm going, but if you follow me, I'll... You'll what? I'll kill you. I don't think you will. Oh, yes, I will. You think I'm afraid? Aren't you? No. No, I don't care what happens to you. You're a murderer. You, you killed somebody. I thought you didn't know anything about I me. didn't, I didn't, but I do now, and I'm going to tell the police. Stay where you are. No, no. no I'm, I'm not afraid. I'll shoot. It's too bad I used up all of those tonight. You could have filled me full of holes. <laughs> Give me that gun. Now get in the car. That's better. Are you going to kill me? What do you think? We were nearing the top of the canyon now. The road was very steep. The rain had let up. It was just drizzling now. Even though he hadn't answered my question, I knew the answer. He was going to kill me. I wouldn't get back home tonight. Not tonight or any other night. It was funny. I sometimes used to hate that little apartment of mine where nothing ever happened. But tonight... And then, for some reason, I, I thought about Ruth. What would she say tomorrow when I didn't show up at work? And then... And then I wondered where they'd find my body. Well, here we are. Look out, Mountain, the top of the world. Suddenly, we came over the crest of the hill, and way down below, the city stretched out for miles. Millions of lights glittering in the rain. For a moment, I forgot everything. It was the most beautiful sight I'd ever seen. Ever been up here before? No. It's nice, isn't it? Oh, yes. I used to come up here with a girl once. We used to sit and talk for hours. Come on. We'll get a better view if we get out. I knew it was foolish to argue, so I followed him. But as he walked over towards the edge, I became frightened. It was such a steep drop. Well... Come on. I'm... I'm afraid to get so close to the edge. You won't fall. Look. That's Los Angeles over there. That... that bright line of lights is Western Avenue. I went to school somewhere along in there. 
I used to get into all sorts of trouble at school. But I got by. I managed. And everyone said I'd grow out of it. And over that way, towards the ocean, that's Wetswood. That's where she lived. This girl I was telling you about. That was the best part of my life, I guess. That's when they said marriage and a wife would straighten me out. Marriage and a wife would straighten me out in Westwood, they said. Hmm. Does your wife still live there? No. She's dead. Oh, I'm sorry. You needn't be. I killed her. Oh, why? Because she couldn't keep her promises. Did... did you kill her tonight? No. A long time ago. The jury said I was insane. But I think it was the sanest thing I ever did. They put me in an asylum. Do you know what it's like being... being locked up year after year when you know there's nothing wrong with you? No. It isn't good. You'd do anything to get out. Anything. Anything. I knew if I could keep them talking, maybe a car would come along. Maybe something would happen. It was... it was my only chance. What are you thinking about? You... you killed someone else tonight, didn't you? Yes. Dr. Morgan? Yes. He was one of the men who thought I was insane. Why did you do it? I wanted his car to get away in. I didn't want to be locked up anymore. Oh, but they'll catch you. No. No, they won't find the doctor for several days. I saw to that. But how can you be so sure? I do things thoroughly. What are you going to do now? First, I'm going to... Oh. Then I guess I'll go south. I knew what he meant by that pause. I started to back away slowly. I'd made a mistake by reminding him of the present. My hands went instinctively to my pocket for something to defend myself with. I knew there was a pencil there. It was sharp... Maybe I could scratch him or hurt him some way with it. But when I reached for it, I felt something else instead. Something cold and hard. I was puzzled for a moment, and, and then I remembered it was the shaker I'd picked up at the drive-in. You can't get away now. And then he started moving toward me. Me, with only a pencil and a shaker to defend myself with. It's too bad I came into that drive-in tonight. Why did you? Because I was hungry. Because I hadn't eaten for a long time. Weren't you afraid someone would see you? No alarm had gone out. How did you know? I knew. Oh, I'm sorry. If only you hadn't rolled that window down. If, if you're sorry, why don't you let me go? It's too late. What's that? A, a car was coming over the top of the hill. With a sudden movement, his arms were about me in a tight embrace. I started to scream. But suddenly his lips closed over mine. Pushing my head back roughly, he, he kissed me. I could scarcely breathe. And I, I felt the car's headlights on us like a spotlight. Well, just look at this view, will you? You know, I'll have to do this in a picture sometime. Can't you see we're interrupting something? Hmm? Drive on, will you? Where? Oh. In all this rain, you think people would have more sense? Come on. 
He held me a moment longer. And when the car had gone, he released me. My pencil had fallen to the ground, and I was left with only the shaker in my hand. I fingered it nervously, and then I felt the top coming off. I felt the content spilling into my hand. What have you got in your hand? Nothing. Give it to me. No. Give it to me. He grabbed my wrist, and he pulled me towards him. We were moving to the edge of the cliff, but my other hand was free, and I threw the contents of the shaker into his face. His hands flew to his face in an effort to clear his eyes. But it was too late. The pepper had blinded him. He lunged out for me, but I stepped aside quickly, and he, he slipped in the mud. His hands went out to steady himself. He clawed frantically at thin air, and then I... And I saw him falling over backwards, over the edge. And my strength gave away. And I felt myself sinking down to the ground. I don't know how long I must have been there, but when I came to it, it was raining again. I was soaked to the skin, and there was mud caked in my hair. And there was no one in sight. The lights of Los Angeles stretched out in a pattern peacefully below, and I knew that somewhere at the foot of those hills was Glendale and my apartment. I rose slowly to my feet, and I started back toward the road. And somehow, everything that had happened seemed unreal, like a dream. Everything, except the way he kissed me to keep me from crying out. And so closes Drive-In, starring Nancy Kelly. Tonight's study in... Suspense. Suspense is produced, edited, and directed by William Spear. Nancy Kelly appeared through the courtesy of RKO and will soon be seen in their production, Betrayal from the East. The part of the man was played by Wally Mayer. Next Thursday, same time, we will have an unusual program for you that you won't want to miss. It will bring you in his first appearance as a dramatic actor... Mr. Frank Sinatra. And appearing with Mr. Sinatra will be that incomparable actress, Miss Agnes Moorhead. Don't miss them next week on... Suspense. Presented by Roma Wines. R-O-M-A. Made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. It's very interesting what he said at the end there. That's uh, Joseph Kearns as the man in black. He said that uh, next week, which would have been January 18, 1945, Frank Sinatra was going to appear in his uh, first dramatic acting role. And uh, that's interesting. I, um, I'm going to have to look that up or talk with Carl Shadow about that because, um, you know, he did a lot of uh, acting. And maybe this was his first dramatic role on Suspense. That would make it 
qualify for a radio rarities broadcast. I was just going to say that. Do a little research into think? that and see if that's something we might want to entertain on radio rarities. We'll talk with Carl. I mean, if it was truly Frank Sinatra's yep. first dramatic um, acting appearance, that is a worthy. That's noteworthy, sure. Yeah, without a doubt. All right, we're listened, uh, we just listened to Drive In. Starring Nancy Kelly on Suspense, sponsored by Roma Wines. Also in that cast, uh, Wally Mayer and Joseph Kearns, as heard on CBS. Hope you enjoyed that time for this month in music history. And we're going back to 1971 with this song. That's The Doors. That's The Doors. Love Her Madly. Love Her Madly. Good one, Carl. That was quick. I took my Provagen. <laughs> okay, we'll see how it holds up for you. <laughs> <laughs> if it starts to wane, I just pop another one. Just keep popping the pills. That's how to do it. Hey, whatever, whatever works. <laughs> the, the more, the better, sure. <laughs> so uh, this was released in 71 on the album L.A. Woman, and it peaked at number 11 on the Billboard charts. Did it now? Yes, it did now. Did it peek around a corner or something like that? It, it peaked around the corner, behind the corner, above the corner, and at number 11. And then it's uh, Peacock. Yes, it did. Peaked and peacocked. <laughs> As she's walking out the door. Man, remember the Doors movie that had uh, Val Kilmer? That was great. I don't think I saw that. Oh, man, he, he looked so much like, you know... Um, Morrison, you know, Jim, Jim Morrison, yeah. yeah. All right, thanks, Lisa. Sure. More of Hollywood 360 after this short break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. We're in the month of October, Lisa, so that means Halloween programming in our next hour. We have Inner Sanctum from 1945. Plus, we'll play Beat the Host. That's right. We're going to be talking about Simon Cowell. He's turning 63 October 7th. So if you are a fan and you'd like to uh, be on the air, give us a call at 312-642-5600. We're looking for caller number 11. Play the game with us. Play Beat the Host. And even if you don't beat the host, you're going to win a four-CD set of the Twilight Zone radio dramas just for playing. We'll see you soon. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.